another episode of Deadlines New Hollywood Podcast, where we talk all things diversity, inclusion, and all that good stuff. My name is Amanda Nduka. I'm one of the hosts. I'm sitting next to... My, my name is Dino Ray Ramos. And <laughs> Who do we have, Dino? This... Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this week, we have the wonderful... Ama Asante, who was dressed in this gorgeous yellow yeah. thing. I couldn't stop talking about it when she was here. Yeah, it was a nice little jumpsuit. But she she directed one of my favorite movies. Like I, it's literally in my top ten. It's Belle mm-hmm. um, was with a uh, uh, Gugu, Gugu yeah, which was like I said, it was it's it, it's a story that you never heard before. And I think she has this thing where she knows how to pick up these like more like Obscure, untold yeah. stories, like with her new film, yeah, that premiered at TIFF, where hands touch. <laughs> that one is with the Amanda Sandberg. Everybody knows her from yeah. uh, the Hunger Games. But it's a really interesting story about, it's 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 sort of complicated, right? Like it's a, Yeah, and it's complicated and it's like we don't want to talk too much about yeah. it. But it is a heavy a heavy watch, but it's such a good story. Yeah, it's about yeah. a mixed girl living in like during Germ- the, the World Nazi War II Germany. Germany. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, we've both like we talked about, like we've all heard this story about Hitler's reigns, the yeah, Nazi, yeah. Now, but I, I'd never I've, heard yeah. This type of story before about like you know I never heard like how black people like were. biracial yeah, bi- tra- German exactly. uh, 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 girls yeah. or children. There's a whole story on it, and Alma talks about it, and I was just like mesmerized that I was like oh, I'm surprised this story's never been told, and mm-hmm. I think that is what Alma does very well is bringing these stories about these stories about you know people of color or biracial mm-hmm. uh, people and bring them to the forefront that otherwise we would never know unless we googled it exactly yeah. but like who, how would we even google it because <laughs> yeah. we don't even know because yeah. like a lot of people think the, the the holocaust or world war ii i mean it doesn't take anything away from those stories exactly but it just kind of but adds, there's more to it there's more to it there's I mean, more to that we didn't of course know. like uh you know the Jew- jewish people suffered and then even the lgbtq mm-hmm, people suffered mm-hmm. i mean I'm sure even beyond the biracial children of, of, of World War II Germany, there are people that suffered. But just it's it's a it's a it's a tragic story, but beautifully told. It is. Yeah. It is. So yeah. So without further ado, here is Ama Asante. So thank you, Ama, so much for being here. Um, yeah, yeah, you've directed some great films. One of my favorite being Belle. That's probably like one of my all-time favorite films. But you started off acting. I did. I did accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> how did that? How did that come about? And was directing always the the, the end goal? No. Okay. No, directing definitely wasn't the end goal because um, I never saw a director that looked like mm-hmm. me ever. Um, so I started acting. Um, I had a a, a little girlfriend um, when I was about 10 and I copied everything she did and she went to um, tap dancing class every Tuesday and uh, I wanted to copy her so I went along to the tap class and you know this is the early 80s in London and they just were not very nice to me it was mm-hmm. a part of the world where there weren't many people of color okay and they just weren't very nice and um, my mum kind of got wind of it and told my dad and my dad was like she's creative that creativity needs to be nurtured I'm not having that you know silenced in any way and he looked around London for I don't know if they have them in the US but it's called stage school it's where you learn formal subjects so you do maths and geography and all the stuff that you normally learn in school Mm -hmm. but you do singing and dance and drama at the same time oh that's fun that's really cool so it's like a performance arts school it was a performance arts school but you you could start I mean the school started from five years old Mm -hmm. but I came in at 10 and it goes all the way up to 17 
So um, my dad found that um, school for me and I, I, I attended and it was very weird at first because it just wasn't my world and everybody was really outgoing. Mm-hmm. It was like if if you ever go back and what go back and watch the kids from fame mm-hmm. it was like that when oh. i first arrived oh, it was shit. like everybody was like jumping and doing splits in the air <laughs> oh, oh wait are you serious everybody <laughs> was in leotards <laughs> and i was like what is this <laughs> were and you like singing during lunch time <laughs> are but, you serious but it took me two years to get there like for me because i was just like these kids are so precocious yeah. <laughs> i was 10 years old using language like that yeah. like, I'm precocious. um this is so crazy but um, within two years, I was completely turned. It was like a oh, cold. Right. I was one of those <laughs> kids. And the school was also an agent as mm. well, an agency. So they put you out for work. So I did my first ad when I was 10. Mm. And then by the time I was 14, I was in I was in a TV series, mm. like our most popular TV series mm-hmm. for kind of teen drama. Yeah, it ran, didn't run for like 30 years. Yeah, like yeah, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Like we, we all grew what, was it called? what was it, it called? It was called Grange Hill, Grange Hill yeah. which is the name of the school. Yeah. What yeah. would it be comparable to in the US, do you think? Well, the thing is, you have to tell me because yeah. it was definitely drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was no like comedy in it whatsoever. Like a soap opera? Was it soapy? It was, like a, yeah. it was soapy. And it, but it dealt with like some kids were yeah. not allowed to watch it. Oh. So it dealt oh. with like, um, it dealt with abortion, yeah. teen oh. abortion. So it's like maybe like a 90210 yeah. or like... Oh, Degrassi. <laughs> or yeah, Degrassi. Maybe Degrassi. Dealt with suicide. Yeah, that's like Degrassi. Dealt with heroin addiction, yeah. like in yeah. a really, you know, in a quite a dark way. Yeah. So, but it was great for me because... I was a terrible actress, mm-hmm. but I saw really great performances. Yeah. And so that was really good for me because um, because I learned the power of a good story through those other people's performances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's where I kind of realized I wanted to get to, but I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know that's where I was going yeah. to. So you didn't really have like maybe people to look up to or like, yeah. So how do you kind of like navigate those waters when you're just I mean, so like... I was looking up to um, Cheryl Lee Ralph mm, in, yeah. over here in the States. Like mm-hmm. all my role models were mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. And I had this kind of really full circle moment because, um, well, I first arrived in the US when I was 16 because of that TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of one of the heroin storylines, the Reagan White House had invited, you know, the lead kids in the show to come over on one of Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign mm. things. So we we come over um, to visit the White House and be in Washington and then be in New York. And I've never been to New York before. I've only ever seen it on TV. And I'm walking down the street and all these people are coming up to me going, do you know Cheryl Lee Ralph? <laughs> I didn't know who she was at mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. She's in Dreamgirls. Yeah, she did Dreamgirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in Dreamgirls. I'm telling you how old I am. <laughs> and they were like, because um, you look like her. You look, mm. And I didn't know what she looked like. And I remember buying every black magazine in America to try and find an image of her and when I found one I put her on my wall because Mm. that was where I saw myself Mm. in some kind of way Um, and she was in the industry as Mm -hmm. well Um, that's how I did it basically I then met her like about a year ago, she came to oh, see a United nice. Kingdom. Oh, I know. And she oh, asked a so question, nice. and, she, and she had like a hat on or something where I couldn't see her properly. So she asked the question, and I kind of just answered it. And then when we had the reception afterwards, she came up to me, and I nearly passed out. Oh, wow. um, and I was like, I know I don't look like you anymore, but when I was a kid, everybody <laughs> said I look like you. Um, how do you navigate? You, 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 you don't. I mean, you just you. You know, you find yourself where you see yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, that was in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know? Wow. 
It's, I'm curious because you're, you're first generation. Um, your parents are from Ghana, correct? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. And we are too. And I'm curious because we, oh, you know, both first generation? Yeah, we're both first generation. Yeah. Oh, my parents yeah. are Nigerian. My parents are from the Philippines. Philippines. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we, there's all these expectations that come with being, you know, a first generation from any country um, in like America. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you come here, you have to be yeah, like a doctor, a, doctor, or a lawyer. Of course. <laughs> so it was the same in so like, is the, it the UK. Same? Is it the yeah, same? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same in the UK, but I had this really weird experience. in which my dad was not like that so he was with my brother you must be a scientist and my brother was and (laughs) is um but he didn't do that with us and and Mm. and i'm not sure also if it was just i mean i remember him sitting us down at different times and saying what do you want to do and then pushing us really hard in that so i think my brother probably did want to be a scientist somewhere but definitely, I know with my friends mm-hmm. that whole thing. Be a lawyer. But I mean, like, there's like doctor, three things. Yeah, yeah like doctor, 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 lawyer, lawyer scientist, engineer, engineer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's like those <laughs> four yeah. things, yeah. right? Yeah. So whereas my dad and I base the character in Bell um, of Lord Mansfield on mm. my dad oh. because my dad was someone who had one foot like really firmly in tradition, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I, I think you guys will get mm-hmm. if you're first generation is but then the other foot was like stepping over right into progression Mm -hmm. and it caused a conflict in him quite often so he was he was he was two people in one that Mm -hmm. created this one person Mm -hmm. and you know I got the benefit of the progressive side of him in that way where Mm -hmm. he was just like this is what you want to do and I I support you and you you may be poor and not have a roof over your head but I'll I'll find a way you know there was some way that that, that, I don't know he he had faith yeah well is your your brother older or younger he's much older he's a decade Kofi you're much older (laughs) you're an entire decade older than me well I think maybe it's like maybe it is like firstborn yeah maybe they have more pressure yeah yeah. Yeah, definitely but I've seen families where it's gone all the way through Mm -hmm. like you get four engineers in a family my mm-hmm. mom, yeah, my everybody, my mom's either engineer or doctor. Yeah, yeah. Or something. My mom's a lawyer, so it's like it definitely trickled down to us. Like you guys have to do this. Yeah, right, I mean, with me, right. it was like they, they were like, "Oh, okay, you're gonna be a writer, whatever." No, and then I just kept on pushing. <laughs> like, and then finally, they were just exhausted. Yeah, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like you just wore them out. Yeah. My, my, right? da- my dad a, still calls me. Approach. He's like, "You know, you could still go to med school. It's not too late." <laughs> no. and I'm like, "I'm not but going think, to med school." But I, that's so funny. He's like, "It's not too late." But I think once they see success yeah like that's all, when it's good they'll start bragging yeah and then like they start yeah. posting i get I, that with my uncles yeah you know, <laughs> whose children are all scientists yeah um i get that with the fish you see what emma's doing yeah Emma's, and finally they kind of get that mm-hmm. you 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 can survive doing it yeah but l- listen when you're first generation usually they haven't seen anyone do it before exactly. Right? Exactly. they only know what they know exactly so so we can't really fault them you, you can't know? fault yeah. them because what they're saying is we need to know that you have a solid way of exactly. life yeah exactly. that you're not going to end forward, up yeah, yeah, right yeah, because exactly. and growing up in technically someone else's country which is what it is for them mm-hmm. it's probably scary like mm-hmm. they make these choices right but they know their kids have to live with them exactly you didn't make the choice they yeah. did exactly. and so there is that i think there's that will there's that wish to ensure insulate you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. from a choice that could go all go the way left yeah. you yeah. know yeah that makes sense so, um, you, you know, you, you direct Bell, United, United Kingdom, and mm-hmm. now we're, we're Hands Touch. Mm-hmm. And you tell these, like, very kind of rich stories about people of color at the center, mm-hmm. and they're about oppression, segregation, interna- interracial relationships, and they're all in different time periods, which 
I have never seen before. Like, yeah, yeah. like stories that you know, you know, yeah. you've never really heard of. Yeah. And uh, what kind of motivated you to do stories like these? To be honest with you, so my first movie that didn't get released in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, was. I don't know if you're familiar with Ken Loach's movies or Mm. Mike Lee's, you know, a really gritty, urban, Mm. you know, contemporary social commentary drama. Mm -hmm. And that was my first movie. That's the one that that actually I won all the awards for and Mm -hmm. I won a British Academy Award Mm -hmm. for, but Mm -hmm. it never got released in the UK. Mm. And the only movie like the one you've described, all the three that you've Mm -hmm. described that I actually wanted to make and intended to make, was Where Hands Touch, the mm. one I've just made. Oh, and yeah. so it was supposed to be my second movie. Yeah, right, it was um, like a 12-year journey. Right, so yeah. I was told it was too big for me. Mm. And just to cut a really long kind of journey short, what I realized I had to do was prove that this movie wasn't too big for me. So when mo- certain movies were coming to me, like Belle, the picture postcard was, um, it was actually the BFI that asked my producer, mm. Damien Jones, to send me that. Uh, postcard when when I was like for me it was a game plan mm. it was let me make this movie because it's period um, it's got a woman of color at the center it came to me because of the script I had written mm-hmm. for Where Hands Touch where they were like oh she can write a biracial girl mm-hmm. in 1940s Germany mm-hmm. you know surely she can do one in 18th century oh, England so yeah. that came to me because of that and I was kind of like at first I was skeptical that they wouldn't let me make the kind of film I wanted to but then I kind of thought, just go with it, because if you do, then it will be very difficult for the powers that be to say to say that you can't make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't make where hands touch. And so I did that. And the truth is, without um, if I had made a way um, where hands touch as my second film, as intended, there would be no Belle. Mm. Um, there might be a story of this character, oh, but she, yeah. it certainly wouldn't be the story you saw on yeah, screen. I can assure yeah, you. Yeah. I got three quarters of the money ra- raised for Where Hands Touch by making Belle, yeah. right? So oh. I got that finance, but it wasn't enough. And they was still, for the re- the next quarter, the, the resistance I was getting was, this is still too big for you. Wow. So I'd, I'd shown I could do polished and I could do very British and I could do very, I could do period. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to show with Belle. But they were still saying it was too big. So mm. when David Oyelowo comes to me, and David is my friend from days gone by, and um, he comes out of drama school, and I give him his first job out of drama school on TV from a TV series I'd written and produced. Mm-hmm. So t- 18 years later, he comes to me with A United Kingdom, says this is his passion project. Will you do it? I jump on board that because I go, I can make this, this is, so yeah. epic. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And if I do they cannot ever say again that Where Hands Touch is too big. And of course, all all these films have, um, well, they're tied together by the fact that I make them, so Mm. I make them in a certain way, but they have elements in them that prove why I could make Where Hands Touch. Mm. So that's what you see, I think, in in the connection, Mm -hmm. is you see that connection because I'm using them as stepping stones. Mm. I'm quite honest about that to show why I could make where hands touch. Mm. Wow, so, that, yeah. that's well, a what interesting were, What were they saying? Yeah. Why was it too, what was it, like, what does that mean? It's too, it's too big. big. I think it's something that a lot of um, women hear. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's as if we're kind of, you know, riding some wild horse that we're not really going to be able to control mm-hmm. in some ways. I don't really know what it means other than you're not capable. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just me. That's what it sounded like. It it's sounds like, like they said it. They're like basically saying it's like a nice way. A yeah, it's like a nice <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Of this is not this is not your space. Anyway. This yeah. is not your arena. I mean, you got to think about where hands touch. It's like 
from behind the camera, I'm taking up space where, you know, a woman, a woman of color, we haven't really, yeah. we haven't really existed. Mm -hmm. And then I'm placing a, a girl of color at the center and that's also space mm -hmm. where we haven't really existed. So it's like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. And in a period. Like, and, there's there's not, and it's a World War II exactly, Holocaust. There's World War II. We don't own that. We that don't, that, yeah, that exactly. belongs to a very certain exactly. type of director. Yeah, but exactly. that, that narrative is something I've never heard uh, me before. Me too. Even Bell's the story, but I'd never heard, heard it before. Right. Yeah. And so that's why like, I just think, you know, whether you believe you in, like, you know, whoever is up there, mm -hmm. um, as Sandy said yesterday you know, <laughs> at the Emmys, whoever mm -hmm. she is, um, whatever you believe in, you, you know, you know, sometimes you're guided in a direction and you didn't intend to go into in that direction. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've heard stuff, oh, I'm as obsessed with interracial relationships and biracial people. No, I was obsessed with one, which was where hands touch. Mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. wanted to tell that story. And the other two um, certainly came to me um, and I decided to use them as stepping stones. Now there are other movies that I have in development. They're mm -hmm. just, you know, they weren't the ones that the powers that be wanted to finance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you make the movies that you can, you make them to the best of your ability and you use them as um, a way to move forward. Cause you know, the big thing for women is getting to a third film, a fourth film, exactly. fifth yeah, film exactly. is almost impossible. Mm. So with every movie you're making, you're also working out how does, how does this, lay the landscape for me being able to make the next movie that's what you're constantly yeah. having to negotiate yeah so like where hands touch i mean for me watching any world war ii movie is yeah. so hard yeah um and yeah <laughs> but, this one yeah. didn't make it any easier <laughs> yeah. for you <laughs> yeah. well, let you me add, tell you you add this this relationship and you add a, a woman of color in it. You add, it's it, it's just like it hit you. I, you know, I had to pause it a couple of times to kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, go oh, really? yeah, yeah. And you watched yeah. it on a link. Like yeah. I'm saying to everybody, don't watch it on a link or press. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, and yeah. see it in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I will but, go see it, in but the it's yeah. killing yeah. people when they yeah. see it in the cinema, like <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah. like in a good way. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but sometimes the places, you know, because I had to pause it for myself yeah, when yeah. I was writing it. Mm -hmm. In the sense, you know, I'd be bawling while I was writing mm. this. But there are some really kind of unexpected moments that always catch me, yeah. like, like her little brother. Oh God! Like, and just and, uh, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. There are um, sweet moments, I would say. But even yeah. no, but even there are ugly moments too mm -hmm. with him and her relationship that kind of break my heart and still make me cry even mm -hmm. though I wrote them, yeah. you know? And and so you, moments with her mother where you just go, oh my God, what would you do if you were the mother of this child? Mm -hmm. He was just doing everything that teenagers do, but there's a war happening and we're in one of the most horrific yeah. times yeah. Um, possible. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I mean, it's not necessarily based on one true story. It's, it's a, yeah, there's there's multiple stories. So yeah. like upon doing your research for this, were there things that like you were utterly shocked at or that everything. Yeah. 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 And like how did you even just even stumble upon this? Every, yeah. every everything shocked me. Getting mm -hmm. my head around it was really, really tough because what struck me is how much we are products of our time and our place. And we see all of us see through a gaze that 
is informed by, by our time and our place, our context, right? Mm. So when we see somebody else responding in a different way, we go, that's really weird or odd or there's something wrong with them. We don't accept that we probably would operate in a very similar way if we were in their position. And so that has been the journey of the film for me over mm. the 12 years is to accept and recognize that. I, I, when I so I discover these children because I'm, I'm making my first film and I discover that where I'm shooting it or I know that where I'm shooting it has some of the oldest black communities in Europe mm. and I realize at that point that I why is it that I don't know about them enough about them and why is it that I know so much more about African-American history mm -hmm. than I know about those who I'm, I'm, you know, my background is closest to, which mm -hmm. is those who are born and raised in Europe, but of an African diaspora, of mm -hmm. the African diaspora. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering about that. And so I start to Google and I want to know more about the histories because like in the UK, we got this thing. It feels like our history began in like 1947 mm -hmm. when one boat came over and, you know, now we know about Bell and we know that we were roaming around long before that. And certainly there were people of color in Germany before World War One, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, although this is set in World War II. But I start Googling and I keep coming up with this term, um, Rhineland bastards, yeah. Rhineland bastards. It's so derogatory and it's like, even where is the Rhineland? I didn't even know mm -hmm. where it was. Mm -hmm. So um, alongside that comes a picture of a little girl and she's got a little fro and she's um, Afro-German and she's surrounded by, you know, so-called Aryan white girls, as Hitler would call them. Mm -hmm. And um, she's got this unreadable expression on her face. and. I, you know, I, I pretty much can guarantee that as first generationers, you would feel the same way. You go, where is she from? Yeah. How did she get yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Who exactly. is she? Mm -hmm. And what happened to her? Mm -hmm. And as I start, you know, investigating more and more and more, I'm discovering m more about how these children came to be. And essentially, it's the um, First World War. Um, the French colonies in Africa, France brings over its soldiers, its black soldiers, African soldiers from its colonies to fight in World War One. Mm -hmm. When Germany loses, France puts in soldiers who are part of the occupation um, of Germany and some of those are these African soldiers. And they mix with the local community and after World War One, a generation mm -hmm. of biracial children are oh, born. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, they're known as these Rhineland bastards or Hitler's problem. Mm -hmm. And they have no power. <clears throat> they have no, they're, they're not um, wealthy, they're not doctors, they're not teachers, mm -hmm. they're not influencers of any kind, but they can procreate. Mm -hmm. wow. And so that's when he decides, okay, the way to deal with them is to just have them sterilized, then they die out in one generation. Oh, wow. We do it with no, no anesthetic, mm -hmm. and the problem is dealt with. And then we don't have to deal with their mothers who could be, could be involved in any way with um, the rest of German society, do they have brothers who are part of the SS? Do they have fathers who are part of the mm. Gestapo? Mm -hmm. Hitler isn't seen to be attacking them. And so, because he just does it quietly. And so my thing was, when I discover these children, I'm like, well, we know what was happening to Jewish people at mm -hmm. the time. If we know what was happening to them, and I'm thinking, well, in America, we we could be strange fruit, you know, in America still, in that period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... So, and thinking about where how we existed around the world at, th at that particular point, mm -hmm. um, wherever there was oppression and where we were, we were, if there's such a thing as the food chain, we were at the bottom of it, right? So I think, God, what must have happened to these children? And then as I start to explore, it's different. They, yeah. were n they did not experience the machine of murder in the same way. It was on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm. If you met the wrong SS officer on the wrong day, you could be thrown into a camp. Um, I certainly heard of stories of um, 
completely black people, you know, African men who existed throughout the war and were not taken into camps um, in Berlin, Mm -hmm. for instance. Uh Um, Of course, if you were Jewish, that could never happen. You could never outwardly exist. So how is it that um, these kids existed, you know, um, in a way where their lives might be preserved was because they were not any real threat oh to Hitler. God. So that that complexity, what does that mean then? It means that they exist in an environment where they still go to school with German so-called Aryans. Yeah. Yeah. But all the teachers who would teach anything different are gone. Only Nazi teachers exist. All books have been burned and oh disappear God. that might teach you anything else. The, the, the nation has claimed all children. Mm. So it says parents do not raise their children the nation does children are encouraged in Hitler Youth which is mandatory Mm -hmm. to um, speak up against their parents if their parents tell them any different and Lord knows what might happen to them Mm -hmm. so then therefore these kids are existing in this environment where national socialism is the is the word of the day they have this disbelonging but actually their only community Mm-hmm. is this world because they don't know they each know, other yeah. Yeah. you know only if you have a sibling and then your siblings might be white yeah. might be Aryan oh. it's a, so everything confounded me everything so heavy it <laughs> is so heavy it is and heavy it, and it's shown in the film yeah. I'm just like I mean I'm, I'm not spoiling anything when I say like that they're when, when they're in the classroom and they all turn around and they say Heil Hitler to that to like the, the officer coming that comes in. in yeah and I was like oh what Yeah. They're all little kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's an amazing photo that exists out there. If you if you Google, you'll find it. And it's of a little boy and um, he's biracial and he's wearing a little I don't know what you guys call a sweater without sleeves. We call them tank tops. Like a like a vest, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a sweater without sleeves. And he on it he's got he's got um a swastika sewn and he's got all these Hitler youth boys standing around him and he you know, that's his world. Oh, that 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 complexity crazy. that is something that most of us yeah. um, find very difficult to get our heads around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, got on a plane and went to interview um, some black survivors of the Holocaust, yeah. you know, um, Afro-Germans in the, of the Holocaust, and had these conversations with them. And it was, you know, they were not they were not a monolith. Mm-hmm. So it's not like everybody was the same, but it was yeah. interesting to to hear the patterns in their stories. Oh, wow. Yeah, you never really hear about the you know the story of the black people during Hitler's reign. Like you, you obviously you hear about what happened to the Germans and to the you know um, the you know the LGBTQ yeah. people, but you, you just do, never really hear. Do. Yeah, that's you so do. interesting. I think the you know Chinua Achebe, the writer, mm-hmm. has this saying that until um, um, until the lion has his own storyteller, the hunter will always be the hero, mm-hmm. right? And oh, um, I, I would <laughs> l- less eloquently say. You know, um, we don't get written about also because mm-hmm. um, oftentimes we're the powerless in the situation, right? So history gets written about the people who have most power. Yeah. So first and foremost, mm-hmm. that's usually men, the men yeah. and they're usually white. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're straight. And, right. Right. And they're straight. Yeah. Well, yeah. They well, say they, they, they say <laughs> they are. <laughs> <right>? So, <laughs> okay, that's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But so then, so then, so 
take Belle, for instance. Like the easiest thing to do would have been to write that story from Lord Mansfield's point mm-hmm. of view. You can make seven films about Lord Mansfield because there's so much written about him. Mm-hmm. You know, the evidence of, of Dido Elizabeth Bell was much smaller, yeah. had to be pieced together. The history that was written about her, she was always a byproduct of some other story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so you, you, you go, there's more about Lord Mansfield than there's more about Elizabeth, her cousin, mm-hmm. is the next one yeah, down, yeah. right? And then you finally get to Belle and she really is like at the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality, you're not really... And then what happens when you don't know our stories? Um, and it's not just stories of women of color, it's just stories generally yeah. of people of color where we've been, we've been there and we've been significant at particular times yeah. in history but we're totally erased of from course. those stories is that even we as people of color respond um you know we, we, we reject the history when we see it because we go that doesn't feel right yeah and yeah. i'm really obsessed with the other within you know those who look like us they talk like us but they how come you don't behave like yeah. us and in history we have really maligned those people and persecuted them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so today you know when you when you think about someone like lena you go you recoil mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but we've been trained to do that because we haven't been allowed to know our exactly. history yeah. we've only been allowed to know another kind of history and so we don't even know what the human condition would allow us to do and how it would allow us to respond because we've been kept from those stories and we don't even realize it we talk about colonization of the mind but it's crazy (laughs) it's big it is it is something that you i mean obviously we weren't taught this so you hear it and it's like that didn't happen like that doesn't sound right yeah can't work yeah yeah right you're right Right. we're not we're not you know we're not given the books and you know taking the exams on this type of things like we know right so if you don't know another if you don't know another afro-german right and you and you exist in this world right who you're going to have a relationship with who you're going to get married to who you're going to have kids (laughs) with like you're going to stay at home and rock yeah you know what is survival what does survival mean Mm. right so it's it becomes very very complex and very big but also very frightening yeah yeah, really. <laughs> Very funny. And then along those lines, like obviously, right now in Hollywood, we're having like a moment, you know, where people that were traditionally marginalized are really taking a stand and 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 really like you know speaking speaking out yeah. and wanting their voices to be heard and their stories to be told. And you know, we we keep talking about this, and it's like you know diversity, inclusion, and everything. You know, it's 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 still un- it's not like you know great. It's not fixed. Like they said on the <laughs> it's Emmys. It's not fixed. Like they said on the Emmys. But I mean, there is. I guess there is at least at least I think there is progress. All right, and I think. There that is. people's voices yeah. are, I think so. are being yeah. heard. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to you. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking to both of you. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, it's not just a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing. So yeah. something's happening, yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So for you, though, like being a figure of this moment and you've, you know, you're an established director, you're a woman of color, you're doing great things with your platform. What, is it, what does it mean for you to be part of this kind of, this, this movement? Do you know, I think when you're in it, it's really, really hard. And I remember remember going to see The Butler, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was a, a BAFTA Q&A in London, and um, Oprah was part of the Q&A um, alongside the director, and Forrest Whitaker was there, and I took my sister along, and like, you know, the moment I saw Oprah, I just had a big fat migraine, because it's like, oh my God, I could touch her, she's right yeah. there. And I remember, I remember, it was a very small screening room and I remember about halfway through Belle wasn't out yet I just I started to cry mm-hmm. and um, and I just couldn't stop weeping and my sister said to me why are you weeping and I said because there is in this particular season like this particular period there are all these movies that are coming out now 
um, with people of color at the center and they're weaving this tapestry and it dawned on me that Belle was going to be part of that tapestry mm-hmm. although I didn't know that it would be received or mm-hmm. embraced mm-hmm. or but I just knew my film was going to be part of that and that made me weep but of course I wept also because I didn't know if it was just going to be a moment like is this like another fad another phase I've been around long enough to see them Mm -hmm. and then you know like you know black is the new black and then and then we're not anymore and then you know we kind of move on to something else and you know those moments where Africa is a muse and things get shot in Africa and then it's not anymore because Mm. now it's the Middle East or somewhere else becomes the the muse for I mean for whatever the background is going to be in a Mm. movie or a TV show so I didn't know about that and I think that when you're in it to be honest with you I tweeted the other day that I wear my hiking boots to work because it does feel uphill all the time mm-hmm. to me and I don't feel established mm-hmm. um and I and I realized that um there is there's privilege in the fact that I've made four movies moving on to my fifth movie mm-hmm. but um I, I I cannot help and I do compare myself to my white male p- peers in the UK um and I know where I, I could be where I might be mm-hmm. you know and so so for me the struggle is real mm-hmm. still yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and I and I, I you know being an exception that proves the rule mm-hmm. also and you know being a Brit because when you add Brit to my yeah, yeah. all my intersections <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it, it, it's 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 a little bit scary because you never know when it's gonna stop. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not like I feel established. Like okay, I'm just gonna lay back and come on, you know, in my smoking jacket mm-hmm. and smoke a cigar and say, "Bring me the next movie." Yeah, it does, it's still a struggle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess like the hope is just you know the work that you do or we do collectively yes. just kind of makes it easier for the next generation yeah. of you know yeah. of filmmakers. It is it is a collective thing. Yeah. Um. But 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 at the same time, I'm selfish in the sense that uh, again I've been around long enough to see really talented people from my country in the UK I mean Mm -hmm. super talented who just gave up or who just to get dark for a second committed suicide or who just didn't make it through and I think that we can't and we mustn't expect artists to purely be there to open the doors for the next generation I do believe it's climb and carry um, but it isn't just stand on my shoulders because I'm an artist too, and my my existence is 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 motivated by my wish to create every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, I said we've just come back from TIFF where where Hands Touch had its um, world premiere, mm-hmm. and I said, you know. I'm not a campaigner some artists are Mm -hmm. I'm not an activist but anything I do in this in this area is done because it's necessary because I need to move things out of the way Mm -hmm. so that I can get to just be an artist like I live for the day where I don't have to campaign to do that yeah and so you know it's it's really important and I think that we free artists up as well particularly this generation that you're talking about Mm -hmm. this moment Mm -hmm. this movement to say your job is not only to be the stepping stone that others use, yeah. but your job is also to 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 give us who you are through the art you create. Yeah. We're losing artists. We're losing cultural moments in themselves because artists are not being artists. Mm-hmm. They're being shoulders 
for others to climb on. And mm. I think it's, it's got to be lift and carry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, climb and carry. <laughs> yeah, climb and carry. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned you're doing a fifth film. Is that something that you could talk about now? Yeah, it's been that, announced. Okay. Um, it's a book called The Billion Dollar Spy. Mm-hmm. It's been, um, it's a, um, based on the book by David E. Hoffman, Pulitzer Prize winning author. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a story it's set in the Cold War in Russia in 1977 so I am slowly making my way back yeah. to modern day <laughs> yeah. you're, 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 you're getting there yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I love about it, it on the face of it it seems very different to all of my other films it's a story of a CIA agent and his relationship with a Russian spy who's a man the agent is about 28 and the spy is in his 50s mm-hmm. and it's based on a true story um, of, a, of a spy who gave the Carter government, the American government, so much um, Russian intel that it was in excess of a billion dollars in, in worth. Mm. And I love it because it's a, it's a brohood movie, um, but I also love it because it's kind of, it's kind of the inside out version of, of what drove me to want to tell a United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, United Kingdom is what happens when outsiders are running your country and you don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Certainly that's the element that drew me to it. You know, what do you do? What is your What are your elements of power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do something about it? And this story is about what happens when um, insiders are running your country and you don't agree with what they're doing. You don't like the way that they're running your country. What do you do then? And and, and so the story unfolds. And so I think that this is um, a lot of white men on screen. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <yeah. laughs> um, but I think it's very, very, I, I am interested in being as free as Spielberg is. Yeah. Mm. Right. right. So, you know, when he comes to the color purple, and I think he does a really great job as one of my favorite mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm. still. And I still say, I say all the time that there wouldn't be Bell without the color purple mm-hmm. because he showed the industry that a black female experience can, 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 can connect a movie, to a yeah. universal yeah. audience yeah. and can carry a movie. So, but I want to be like him. I, he can do Amistad and he yeah. can do, you know, and um, I want to be able to do all, all kinds of, of, of people um, as long as their human condition somehow connects yeah. to mine, yeah. um, then I think I should be able to explore those stories. So I'm not leaving for long. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, but I am interested in it in, because it's just a be- beautifully written script by Ben August. Yeah. And, um, I love Warden Media. I, I, I love Weed Road Pictures who are... Um, you know, producing this and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a cool script and a cool story. Now we like to kind of close off um, this chat with a couple of fun questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the facts, FAQs. <laughs> it's pronounced he's, facts. He's so he's okay. so excited about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I saw that you were tweeting a lot about the Emmys. I'm assuming you I were. Was. Yeah. You saw that. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I did at home <laughs> no, no, in my I bed did. with my burger yeah, thought, and know, my Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that said, what what are you currently binging on TV or streaming or anything? 
So I have been binging on, I had to stop. Mm -hmm. uh, I, f I finished all of it, but I had to stop because of the release of my, my yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. But I have been binging, of course, on Handmaid's Tale. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I keep telling him to get on Handmaid's I mean, like, Tale. How have you not he, got I don't on know it, why. <laughs> Okay, here's my, I, I know I, I, sh I know in the industry, I am just so scared of it, honestly. I'm really scared. <laughs> you kind of should be. Yeah, yeah. you really should. You I mean, I started it, and I was like, like the I can't. parallels that are going on. And, with, and yeah. it's, it's like, all, and I heard there's like no levity at all. And I'm all, I just, I can't. No, it's but like, you know what? It's, it's. It's such high quality. Yeah. Drama. And I think um, what we were, we, we talked to Joseph Fine's name drop yeah. on the red carpet. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. But, and he said, he said something really good about it. He was like, oh, there, there's a female protagonist who's resisting and yeah. out of that resistance comes inspiration. Exactly. And, oh my God. Yeah. You definitely yeah. see it and you definitely, yeah. I mean, where it, where the hope comes from is that you are rooting for her, yeah. rooting exactly. for her and the other women. Yeah, this yeah. entire world. And the, again, you know, I talk about how we're all conditioned. So our conditioning says this cannot exist mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. Like yeah. this cannot exist forever. And of course, you know, when you finish, you go, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's you know. So I I, I think it's great. I think it's it's beautiful production it design. Is. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful costume writing, design. Every, yeah. It's beautiful writing. Yeah. It's beautiful directing. It's beautiful cinematography. Yeah. Like if you love storytelling, this yeah. is. Yeah, I'm just a scaredy cat. I mean, I, I could watch I could watch a slasher film, a thrill like watch it over a binge on a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like stop a, at six o'clock in the evening <laughs> and then watch something more um, like yeah, like Saved by the Bell or it's, something. It's it's definitely worth yeah, it. You is. shouldn't miss it. And you shouldn't wait for like like I did with Game of Thrones or something and wait like five years behind what? everybody yeah. else. Like you shouldn't wait. Do yeah. it while in the well, moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean like I like I, I said, I'm just I'm just very like It's a great Especially it's a great, I, great, watching great stuff like that and you think about the women you're in your life and you're just like of yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Um. It's depressing, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And this last season it's like it's, you can see there's a turning point yeah. that's about to happen. Well, good. I don't know, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not spoil it. Can I just say Nick? Anyway, <laughs> um, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna remember that name. Okay, so we are living in this time of you know reboots, revivals, remakes, and everything. Uh -huh. So if you were able to remake a classic romantic comedy, oh my god, with people comedy? of color, of, well, I would, I would. What would you make? I was gonna say something that I'd get in trouble. With. <laughs> I won't say. I would do Notting Hill, <gasps> and I would do Notting Hill. Well, first and foremost, do you have a cast in mind already? Well, I could, I could work one out pretty quickly <laughs> because Notting Hill is full of black people. Yeah, don't you know? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, <laughs> um, but it is. And uh, you know, um, some pretty early um, communities in mm -hmm. Notting Hill of mm -hmm. people of color. So I think I would do, I would that's do my line. Notting Hill, oh, that so romantic sweet. comedy. Can we put Idris in it? And <gasps> I, we, we gas. <laughs> Me and Amanda audibly <laughs> gasp no at the same time. Idris Elba, Idris, yes. And I don't know that there are too many amazing wonderful maybe google black actress maybe google but wait 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 Sandy? wait 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 <laughs> there's Sandy or there's um naomi no hang on hang on hang on have i got her name oh right? yeah um uh i know you're talking about a bond that she was in no she was, no uh, have i got her Harris? name right no i i uh oh no oh yeah oh, wait, wait. moonlight no no not from moonlight uh. this is this is, oh my God, she's brown skinned, dark skinned, beautiful girl. I feel bad. I'm not going to say her <laughs> name. Um, anyway, no, this is not, this is not the, this is not Naomi or Thandi. This is. What was she in? I'm sure she's, she's like, is she like Aya King, A-Y-A? 
Aja. Oh, Aja. Uh, wait. Oh, Aja. Naomi. Aja Naomi King from yeah. How to Get Murdered. Murder. Thank you. Yeah, I knew yeah, you were saying yeah. that. I was like, am I saying your right. name wrong? Yeah. You were am th- I yeah, saying yeah. your name wrong? Aja. I think right. it's AJA. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aja Naomi King. Uh, yeah. So yeah. We, we all pieced it. We did it together. We did it together. I like her better. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry, Naomi. I'm really sorry to do that to your name because we follow each other as well. That is so That is really disgusting. They're great. But she would be my lead. She would be. Can we make this happen? Right? A remake? Working title? Is it working title? It made that. I'm here. Well, I would do it. We're gonna do speak it. that into the universe. Yeah, let's speak into the universe. Right? That would be great. I think you should. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But there's Damson. There's Dams. There's the other Idris. Damson Idris. Oh as well, yeah, he's right? good. You know, yeah, right? he was so, in a movie at TIFF too. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind. I'm 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 stealing all um, <laughs> all these movies now, but I I could do Love Actually as well. Love Actually. Go. Oh my God, with the whole people, the whole black cast, an entire black cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh my God. I was actually thinking uh, Love Actually. Let's make this happen, guys. Let's make this happen. Um, So obviously, but wait, one more. (laughs) (laughs) We got, we got you going. Pretty woman. Who would who would be the the uh, the Julia or Vivian, the Julia Roberts character? Oh my gosh, Pretty Woman would be a great one. Wait, wait, wait. I think that would be a good Idris Alja come because Idris is a bit older than her. Than yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So that could be a good. That could be a good. I'm seeing that. That could be a good combination. I'm seeing that. Because you see him being like the wealthy, the wealthy, yeah, the like wealthy. older, bonds like, yeah. you know, businessman. With the glasses, because he pulled off those glasses in. Uh, Idris, honey, <laughs> can you hear this? <laughs> he pulled off those glasses in Molly's game. I'm creating, <laughs> I'm creating our next project, Idris. Oh, oh, in as Bell, yes. Of course. Um, okay, so obviously you're known for your period pieces. Um, uh-huh. So if you could live in any period that racism and oh, oppression dig. didn't exist. I mean, what are you trying to say? <laughs> No, no, so like, racism, no, racism didn't exist. It would be the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, so if racism didn't exist, like let's say if all that stuff never take, happened. Take racism out of the equation. <laughs> what yeah, period yeah. would you? You would know, you I'd be live? walking around as Belle. You know, yeah. I'd be. Like, I thought I was gonna I do a day, like, kind of like trussed up in one of those, one of those gowns. Yeah. Um, one of those corsets, and then I saw, um, I saw Sarah Gaddon and Guga and Bartiraul being, you know. Like taken cinched. out of one oh. yeah and, and it, it, i just saw the lines on their back yeah. and i was like is that are we allowed to do that to them is that like yeah, is that yeah, like yeah. some health and safety and i was like i'm not doing that, it i'm yeah. staying in my adidas um <laughs> tracksuit right i was thinking i would like to i would love to live um when like the hollywood the golden age of hollywood period golden I think age that would be pretty or cool. even like the harlem like that whole yeah you know, the harlem renaissance, the harlem renaissance yeah. period be could cool be too. could be quite cool but yeah. with no race no racism racism's out of the equation I, wouldn't I? I would love that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so our final question is, we ask this to all our guests, um, is there an underrepresented voice, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, and uh, storyteller in the industry that isn't getting enough representation that like you want to give a shout out an to? Individual. Yeah, yeah, an individual. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a I know lot, there's plenty. But just but like if you, somebody who's not in the mainstream that, that maybe we haven't heard of that needs give, to be, yeah. Give a, give a shout out, put in the spotlight. Yeah, so she's British. Mm-hmm. And um, she um, is a writer and she's a director and she currently works for a production company called Balloon in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, she also is a blogger and she writes incredible blogs, but she's uh, mainly she's a great screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And her name is Danielle Scott Horton. Okay. Okay. She is known as Danielle Dash on Twitter, okay. at Danielle Dash. Okay. I'm we'll giving a huge yeah. shout I'm going to follow her. <laughs> to um, the black British female talent who is Danielle Scott. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, for talking to us. Oh, my God. You gave us so much to think about. We're looking forward to Notting Hill with Idris Elba. Or no, Pretty Woman. (laughs) Pretty pretty Woman. Oh, we're going to make all three of us Love Actually. Yes, I would love to sing a Love Actually. And Amanda could be in the background. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be like baristas or something. (laughs) We could be baristas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This was great.